Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. Well, once upon a time... A farmer's mule fell into a dry well. When the farmer heard the mules braying and realized what had happened, he, well, he determined that neither the mule nor the well was worth saving. So instead, he called his neighbors up and enlisted their help to burying the old mule in and, and the well and putting him out of his misery. Well, as you can imagine, the old mule was not very excited about this. In fact, he was pretty upset. And uh, you might be too if you were in a deep hole and people started throwing dirt on top of you. And, but as the dirt rained down on his back, the old mule had a thought. He decided that every time a shovel of dirt landed on his back, he would shake it off and step up. And that's what he did. As the dirt cascaded down the well, the old mule kept shaking it off and stepping up. And hours later, the exhausted mule finally stepped over the wall of the well. What was meant to bury him, actually, well, it helped him. Uh, sometimes in life, we, uh, we see that happen. The, the things that seem so rotten and ill at the time, we at some point discover hey, you know what, that actually has helped me in, in ways that I, that I never imagined. That the things that I went through that I did not want to go through, the difficult, hard things, uh, something good developed out of that. And uh, last week we've been looking through the, the book of the, of the Acts of the Apostle and, and we saw a very difficult, divisive argument happen within the church community. Some had come up to Antioch, which is where Paul and Barnabas were, were ministering, and, and said, if you're a Gentile, you've got to become a, a Jew in order to be saved. That's just how it is. It's not enough for Jesus. You've got to go through the acts and the rites of becoming a Jew in order to be saved. And and uh, Paul and Barnabas disagreed with this heartily because they'd seen that God was working in, in the, the lives of Gentiles as, as they shared with them. Gentiles are non-Jews. And, and they were coming and the Spirit was moving in their lives. And like, this is, this is not necessary. They don't need to go through this. And, and so they had this big discussion. They went down to Jerusalem where the center of, the, of church ministry was. And they had this great meeting and they, they decided, no, that's right. We don't need them to do that. They don't need to become this. It is enough. The grace of Jesus and the faith in God is all that matters. And so they averted this split and they sent a letter back up to Antioch saying, he's right, this is not what we have. We sent representatives with them too saying, this is exactly right. Paul and Barnabas, they, they, they spoke passionately. Peter spoke passionately and this, this is the right way to go forward. And so this, this potential division within those fo the followers of Jesus Christ was averted. And, uh, and you think, wow, that's great. Well done. And, and as we can pick up the story, uh, we're going to see that, well, while there's some victories, sometimes, well, sometimes difficult things happen as well. Uh, we are in chapter 15 of the book of Acts and starting in verse 36. And, and so following on the heels of this great news, Paul and Barnabas, who had been ministering in Antioch, but went on this missionary trip to, to this area called Galatia, which is in modern-day Turkey. 
They've got this idea. Let's go back and minister to them. And that's where we pick up the story in Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And so sometime later, Paul, and Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. He came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. So we have at the outset, we have this... This wonderful idea. Paul's like, hey, we had this ministry back in Derby and Lystra in the area of Galatia. Let's go back. We, we spent some time. We talked about Jesus, faced some difficulties, and we read about these previously in the, in the book of Acts. But let's go back and encourage them and see how they're doing and, and, and help to train them even more and how to live for the Lord. And, and, and Barnabas is like, Yes, that's a great idea. In fact, let's, let's take Mark with us. He had started with us in the first place, and, and uh, so let's, uh, let, let's take him as well. And, and uh, in my mind's eye, I can just imagine this very quiet look by Paul. And then, what are you talking about? <laughs> this guy blew us off. As soon as we left Cyprus, he didn't like what he was hearing, and he took off. He wanted nothing new. So, so why would we take this guy again? He'll probably do the same thing. You remember what we faced? I got stoned when we were there. They, 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 tried, they thought they killed me. He's going to abandon us again. And, and uh, they went back and forth on this. And, and uh, I wondered, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? Uh, and and there, there's, there's something right, I think, in, in both of their thinking about this. As, as Paul thinks about what Mark did in the first instance, and, and some possibility, because this whole deal with, the, with this, this Jewish practice, how did the people in Jerusalem know what was going on to send people in the first place up to Antioch that started the problem in the first place that they had to have this whole big council? Mark was the one who saw them allow Gentiles not to go through the, the practice of circumcision but become part of the believers. And so maybe he was involved with it. But nevertheless, he deserted them. And uh, the quote that Jesus makes in the Gospels is that no one who, who puts his hand to the plow and then turns back to look the other way is fit for the kingdom. To, and, and there's something right about, you know, not, not seeing him live up to what he needed to live up to. But then there's Barnabas' perspective. Barnabas is known as the encourager. Our first introduction to him in, in chapter 4 is Barnabas who was an encourager. Uh, he says, you know what? I think, I think we need to give him a second chance. 
Now, John Mark is, uh, according to the Colossians chapter 4, is, is Barnabas' cousin, and so maybe that's part of his, his reasoning. He wants to, to give his cousin a second chance, but uh, whatever it is, the, the principle is, let's give him another go. And, and the text says that the disagreement became so heated and, and so sharp that they split. For Barnabas, he would expect Paul to maybe listen to him. After all, when, when, when Paul came to, to discover who Jesus was and, and left trying to destroy the church, it was Barnabas who stood up in Jerusalem and says, hey, no, this guy is okay. Listen to his story. God has changed his life. And, and, and Barnabas would have been one of the, the leaders that, that helped move Paul along. And when they went to, on this missionary journey, they did this together. And on some level, he would kind of expect, Paul, l- listen to me. I, I, I kind of know what I'm doing here. And yet Paul, not so much. And you have this thing where both are right, but they get it wrong. <laughs> Because they leave this separated. Uh, where two brothers had worked together, now they, they go with, uh, with uh, a fair bit of, of tension between them. And, and they go on their ways. And so Barnabas, he takes John Mark, and they go off to Cyprus. That's where Barnabas was from in the first place anyways. And, and that, the first part of their journey, the, the two of them had gone with Paul. And they, they, they spoke about the gospel. And so they go off to Cyprus, this island just off of uh, to, the, to the Mediterranean Sea. And then Paul grabs Silas, who had come up to the church in Antioch to be part of that delegation to say things have changed and how we expect you and you don't have to become Jewish and go through these practices. And so Silas and Paul, they take off towards those areas of Galatia, the towns that they were before. And, and so you have... One group going one way to Cyprus and the other going a little bit further north into to Asia. And with tension in the air, they move on. Uh, it doesn't seem to stop them at all from, from taking care of it, even though there's this thing in the air, uh, this difficult tension and, and fight that they had. And you'd hope that they'd figured it out, and, and they didn't. So... They just moved on. And, and uh, as the story goes on, we, we now really spend and focus our time looking at what Paul and, and Silas do. We, we lose track of, of Barnabas and John Mark for some time. We, we pick them up later in Paul's letters, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, the story becomes of what God is doing through Paul and, and the missionary journeys that he's taking and and as they go back to those areas they're visiting and these these towns that are listed here derby and lystra and iconium and and that area these are the towns we heard about a couple chapters ago and had seen what god had done and and they're going and they're talking to people about the lord and and following him and and they hear word about uh, someone who's who's a cut above who uh, somehow the, the Lord is working in and he's got, he shows great insights and, and is being spoken of well of this guy named Timothy. And, and I said, hey, you know, we're on this journey. Let's take Timothy with us. And, and so Timothy is going to do it. His mother was a kid, had a Jewish background, though she was a believer in the Lord Jesus, as was his grandma. And, and uh, one of the practices that would happen there, and if, you, if your mother was a Jew, you were considered a Jew. And um, 
now in, in, in this area of the Greek Empire, if your father was a Greek, you were considered a Greek, so there was this little tension whose way gets covered. But So Timothy had not been circumcised. The rights that they'd been talking about even that make you and dis- designate you and identify you as a Jew in a physical way. And, uh, and so Paul looking at Timothy and calling him, he's, I, I can't imagine what that conversation was like. I mean, here's Timothy is a grown man, and they're going to head out, and, and Paul's like, hey, Tim, let me, let me throw this by you. <laughs> I, I'd like you to, I'd like to really consider going through this and, and getting yourself circumcised. You know, and all of us who are guys are just like, please don't tell this story. This is very not, this is not fun to talk about. Painful very intimate and sensitive and and I can imagine Tim's like what why didn't you just isn't that letter you have doesn't that talk about this that this doesn't need to happen and and yeah I get that but Timothy you are a Jew your mother was a Jew and we're going to go into these towns we're going to be going into synagogues and I know you got the right to say no but I'd like you to say yes because you're going through this as a full Jew is going to help us bring this message into some of these synagogues and help bridge the gap that we have. And so Timothy agrees <laughs> to do this very painful act and goes through with it for the basis of the gospel. It's a strange request. But he accedes to it because there's something larger that's, that's going on. And what we see that proceeds from there, and we're going to see Timothy being referred to again and again throughout the book of Acts. And in Paul's letter, he becomes this prominent person within the kingdom. And, and God used in, in, in many and mighty ways. Uh, but they're going and, and moving on. And, and we get to that verse 5 at the end of the section I read. And it says... As they, as they went around and they talked about the decisions that were made at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Wow. The message is going on. Again, we can think about the tension and the argument and the fight that, that Paul and Barnabas had. And, and you can wonder... How is God going to bless this? I mean, these guys, uh, they're, they're so focused on what they want, they can't figure this out. And is, is, will God be any part of it? And, and the answer is, I guess so. That's something I think we see in, even in our world, don't we? That as we go through things, and on all of us as, as believers, sometimes we, we're so passionate about the Lord and, and the things that we think he's calling us to that, that we, we don't see or hear or, or, or even consider something else that's going on. And, and sometimes we split. Uh, there have been conflicts within churches that you've been a part of. Uh, there likely will be others that you see. And some of those conflicts don't get resolved. And churches split, and, and some stay in the building, and others move on. And, and uh, there's always this sense, at least I think, that in many people, you're secretly wishing that other group to just blow up and completely 
uh, collapse. Like we were right and the Lord will bless us because we're in the right and the other side who is standing firm on something else, like, no, we are right and they're wrong and so that's why they're going because, and, and what we often see is that, well, both churches do, they do all right. <laughs> that God works and draws people even in these two churches that have separated and and many times, the two churches separate are reaching more people than the one was in the first place. Neither of them as large individually as the first one, maybe, but God oftentimes uses that split up or that break to reach into new people's lives, into new areas and ministries. Sometimes God uses our passionate and sometimes wrong-headed ways to still do his work. God works despite us a lot of times, doesn't it? We know that none of us is perfect, right? That, that, that none of us is, is living a perfectly sinless life, and yet God still sometimes uses us. Uh, the conversations that we have, the, the studies that we leave, or the messages that we bring, that, that sometimes God uses us. We, we see so many times the news of, of some prominent minister and preacher who, who has been teaching and, and leading so many people to the Lord and only to discover that there's something not okay in his life. That God was working despite what was going on in that person's lives. God works, and his message goes forth, and that's what we see in this. God is still going forward here. His spirit moves. His work proceeds, and it goes on even to this day. You know, in those moments of the conflicts, it's easy to make decisions and, and conclusions about, well, this is never going to work. And I think we need to, to take stories like this and, and help them to give us a little caution in making large presumptions about what's happened and what's going to happen. Uh, sometimes I, I look at, at how we, we look in the moment, at the moment of a conflict and and. and and just make all oh, this is this is just terrible. It, it's it's kind of like news reporters at a at some kind of huge catastrophic event, right? Sometimes they they go to people and say, "Hey, your city blew up. How do you feel about that?" It's like, what are you talking about? What do you think I feel about that? Or some crime committed was committed in your in your community. What do you think about this person? Or uh, what am I supposed to think? I'm angry about this happening. I'm concerned about, this. these are dumb questions you're asking me. And the reporter is not looking for ways forward through this. They're looking to get ratings for their particular coverage. And so whatever is, is, is easy and, and even dramatic that they can portray, so much the better. And we can get into that kind of mode as well. And when we go alongside believers and brothers and sisters who are going through hardship. But to be a little patient and say, well, let's, let's see what the Lord is going to do here. Yeah, this doesn't look good. And, but what is God going to do? Because out of what seems devastating at the time, 
God's work can emerge in new and, and fresh ways that we, we never anticipated. That he can at some point bring growth and recovery even through that. What do we see here? We see two teams go forward where there would have been one previously. So Paul and Barnabas would have gone possibly to Cyprus first where they started and then up to Galatia. Uh, At this instance, now there's two teams that have emerged. One goes to Cyprus and and ministers there and the other goes to this region that they were previously. and, And now you have two teams doing the work instead of just the one. And what do we see at the end? God is working. People are coming to faith. The, the, the number who believe is, is growing. And those that were there were strengthened in the faith. God is, God is working. Sometimes despite us. But uh, let's tie a little bow on the end of this too. Because as we look at Paul and Barnabas and, and, and particularly John Mark... Um, this is not the end of the story for them either. It just doesn't end with them not getting along for the rest of the ministry time. We see that God is even doing a work there. As I mentioned before in Colossians chapter 4, we discover there, it's, it's Paul writes this letter to uh, the city in Colossae. And, and as he's writing this, and this is in chapter 4 verse 10, Paul is in prison, and he says, My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Uh, You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. So apparently, while he is in prison, Mark is there at some point, and he's headed to Colossae. and, And he says, If Mark comes, welcome him. Well, that sounds a little different. It's not where they started. And then in, as, Tim, as, as Paul writes to Timothy, the same Timothy that we were talking about, there's a couple letters to Timothy that we have. And, 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 and towards the end of his second chapter, or his second letter, he writes, and this is in 2 Timothy 4.11. He's writing to Timothy again. He says, Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Huh. So, maybe they get it right. As they proceed on, they deal with whatever there was and this attitude that Paul had towards, towards Mark has changed. He looks at him. He counts on him. He wants to have time with him. Later on in, in the letter to Philemon, uh, he refers to him as well. And, uh, in verse 24, uh, starting in verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Jesus sends you greeting And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So, they get it right. Over time, things heal. And and that's the thing we would hope and expect of two believers, isn't it? 
that they would find a way to be able to work with one another, to care for one another, and get things right between them. Even if for the time there's tension between them, even if for the time they have some difficulties, because there's something bigger involved here. And that's why they move forward in the first place. The gospel of Jesus matters so much so that despite this, we continue and press on. In his short story, The Capital of the World, Ernest Hemingway tells the story of a Spanish farmer and his teenage son. The relationship between this father and son became strained and eventually shattered uh, when the rebellious son, whose name was Paco, a very common Spanish name, he ran away from home. His father began a long and arduous search to find him, and as a last resort, after he exhausted everything, he placed an ad in a Madrid newspaper, hoping that his son would see the ad and respond to it. The ad read, Dear Paco, please meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon. All is forgiven. Love, Father. As Hemingway Hemingway tells the story, the next day at noon, in front of the newspaper office, there were 800 Pacos, all seeking forgiveness from their fathers. And this idea of forgiveness, of people finding a way to get rights and to become at peace again with fathers, well, this is, this is the world that we're in. Many are looking for and needing some kind of connection and forgiveness and restoration. And that's the message we have. That's the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus did this because God loves you and he wants to welcome you back with him. This story matters. And we proceed on, even when we're going through difficulties and hardships with one another, even if we don't see eye to eye and there's tension between us, the message matters. And we go forth with it. And then maybe two, maybe you're one of those Pacos who is looking for this forgiveness that a father seeks to give really is us on every level, isn't it? And the messages of Jesus is that I will take all people to myself. I will draw them to myself. Because God loved and loves this world so much so that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's this promise that we hold on to. That's what this is all about. And again, when, when we sometimes don't get along because we have different ideas of what should happen next, let's still press on with the message and with the goal that God has put before us. God has called us to himself, but he's also given us a message in his story. Your story fits within his story. And as you go out and go forward, God is going to use that. Even if we have hard times with each other, where are you at? Are you going through a difficult time with someone? Is there some ways to maybe fix that up and deal with it? Do that. But don't let that hinder you from continuing to do what God has called you to do. Because this, this message matters. Let's, let's stand for closing prayer. Father, this morning, uh, thank you.
thank you for the elements of this story. Thank you that Luke tells the story in the first place, that, that as you inspired him, he, he doesn't hide this or cover it up, but lets us know that your church is always filled with people who are getting it sometimes and not others. And Lord, for us who get it sometimes and not others, Lord, let us take heart and that your work continues even despite this that we continue to look for what you're going to do in and through us as we press on. May we be guided by your spirit. May we find ways to love one another. But in all this, to keep our eyes fixed upon you, the author and perfecter of our faith. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you this day. Well, thanks again for listening, and to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com, or join us for a service, Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.